it still comes down to the fact that it's a popularity contest. And I think if yeah. you were if you were to say just that that oh this is unfair, it's just it's a popularity contest. That that argument is becoming stale and very outdated. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 30 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here are your hosts, Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 30 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. <laughs> this is episode 74. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, what you got for us today? Uh, we've talked about our hat collections. Have we talked about that before? We may have touched on it. So I just moved, and I'm looking at all my hats, and I've I still have like two more boxes of hats, and like, when is it okay to start to, you know, donate them? <laughs> like start trimming down a little bit? Yeah, just just slim down the variety a little. I don't know. I'm I'm looking at my hats right now as I sit in my walk-in closet slash recording studio. Studio. Uh, and I don't know. I'm starting to realize. I realized in the past like year that I don't. I don't wear like your standard fitted hats as much anymore. Like I wear the yeah. Like, I wear the like trucker the trucker type hats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like more form fitting to your head. Yeah. They don't make your head look like a box. Yeah. Which I'm not hating on fitteds because that's I've worn those for like ever, but Yeah, those are the OGs. But I don't know. I'm just starting to wear those other kinds of hats more. Yeah, I know I'm with you. The trucker is the one because the bill is like always money and you can adjust. Cause like honestly, most of my fitteds fit amazing right after a haircut. And then after that you go, you know, two or three weeks without a haircut and starts to get a little snug. Not the trucker. True story. Oh, you were just setting me up for a little little shameless plug for the shop, weren't you? That's it, man. Because That's all I had to do. we have hats. Oh, yeah. If you visit shop.dtdbaseball.com, you will find said trucker hat and a variety of other hats as well. Woo-hoo-hoo. Nice plug there, Nate. Uh, no problem. Do you want to you want to jump into some baseball history? What is the history of baseball today? Well, we're looking at June fourteenth. I'm going to start us off in 1870. Whoa! I know I say this a lot. Chalk this one up as one I had no idea about. Well, considering it's 150 years ago, 1870. <laughs> I'm going to need some help pronouncing this. At the Capital, Capitoline, Capitoline Grounds in Brooklyn, the Cincinnati Red Stockings see their 130-game consecutive winning streak, <laughs> 81 official games and 49 exhibitions, come to an end, losing to the Atlantics in extra innings 8-7. to seven. During the game, in an effort not to hit the ball to George Wright, the opponent's slick fielding shortstop, 
hometown third baseman and captain Bob Ferguson bats left-handed, becoming the first <laughs> known switch hitter in baseball history. What? There's so much gold in this segment of baseball gems. history. What is going on? I'm going to switch over to this side because it's a shortstop. It's just filthy. By the way, I'm just going to set history or make history while I'm at it. Bob Ferguson. Was like, and not to mention they had like how many? 130? 130 games, 81 official games, and 49 exhibitions. Yeah. Suck that, UConn. Unbelievable. 1933. New York manager Joe McCarthy and infielder Lou Gehrig are both thrown out of the game, resulting with the Yankee skipper getting suspended for three games. Fortunately, his first baseman isn't suspended. And the Iron Horse's consecutive game streak stays intact at 1,249 games. Nice. I'm starting to, I'm thinking there's a little like under the table business going there on. There had to be. Like, hey, don't, be. don't suspend our guy. Yeah. Uh, 1974. Nolan Ryan, the GOAT, throwing an unbelievable 235 pitches. <laughs> whiffs 19 batters in 13 innings, including Cecil Cooper six consecutive times in the oh Angels four to three. What is that? That's not a what sombrero is that? It's not gold. Think, it's not platinum. What's the black hood? I didn't even know that was a thing. I heard that was a, I heard the black hood was a thing. That might be six. Mm. Because you're just at that point, you just gotta hide your face with a black hood. I'm looking this up. I think you're lying. I'm not seeing anything in here baseball related. Just some sketchy stuff that I'm not trying to look at. Uh, nickname for six strikeouts. Just look that up. Nickname for six strikeouts. Can we just make our own? Can yeah. we call it like the diamond sombrero? Mm. I like that. That's not that's not bad. The titanium sombrero or the double <laughs> the double platinum sombrero is bestowed no. upon a player who strikes out six times in a single game. Double platinum is just a lack of creativity. Yeah, that's weak. Titanium. Titanium or, or diamond. It's your choice. I feel like titanium is an underused metal. I'm going to go with that one. All right. I just think, I mean, diamonds just sounds epic, though, and it's kind of part of our brand name, but that's fine. Uh, anyway. Plug. <laughs> I was all about the plugs today. Speaking of plugs, SeatGeek gets the answer to all your ticket needs. Are you looking for tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concert shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. Whew, need a breather. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. Next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off Ooh. your first purchase as a first-time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that. The cash that's a little bit cold and a little bit hard. Enter promo code DTD at checkout. Uh, 
Wrapping us up here with baseball history, 2002, due to the 14 interleague contests played in National League parks, a designated hitter does not come to bat in a full slate of Major League games for the first time since 1972. Visiting hurlers will get plenty of opportunities to swing the bat, as there isn't a home game scheduled in an AL park for 10 consecutive days. I wonder if we could pull stats on how those pitchers hit. I'm sure there was like one guy who went deep, and that's when... And that means that we'll never have a DH. That's when the pitchers who rake madness began. (laughs) What a terrible campaign. Stupid. I hate everything about that. First baseman who rake. No, that's just normal. That's just baseball. That's called hitting a baseball. Yeah. Uh, well, our main topic of today, Tommy Pham, mm. your favorite guy. Mm. All right. Give him some credit. Does it, I mean, does he have a little credibility here? Is he right with what he's saying? Read, read me the quote. In regards to the all-star game voting process, he said, quote, we won't get credit, man. It's always unfair. Big market versus small market, it's never going to be fair. And by we, he means the Rampate Bays. Uh, so, I mean, gotta think he's a little right there. Not to he's say not, he's not wrong, but did you get the next quote? What was the next quote? No, you didn't get the next quote. I didn't know there was a next quote. What's the next quote? Well, now I gotta pull this up, bro. Because now I gotta <sighs> tell me how you feel. By the time I find it, so my thing here is that he's not wrong, but on the flip side, he's not exactly saying something that's groundbreaking. Like not just with All Star Game voting, but really just like baseball coverage in general. It's always been a big market versus small market, like duo essentially that you're looking at that you have to kind of break down and 10 times out of 10 the big market in whatever context you're kind of analyzing they're going to come out the winners and that i think that applies to all-star game voting as well so it's not exactly like this is groundbreaking stuff like it's to be assumed that the big market teams are going to be pulling the guys for the all-star game because those are the teams that people watch and more times than not, the big market teams are the more successful teams. Again, not always, more times than not. So I don't really, I don't know. Like, I'm not a big fan of this guy, but like I said, he's not hes not wrong here. But it's just like, to me, it's nothing where it's like, all right, stop the presses. Like, w- what did this man just say? It's, no, it's. Yeah, it's, um. I agree. He's not he's not wrong. He's not you know crazy for saying this or thinking it. Um but like you said, this is what the fans want to see. And I mean, it all <laughs> it all comes down with the trot, man. And it starts when 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 you can't fill seats, you're not getting money. When you can't get money, you can't get dudes. And when you don't have dudes, Teams aren't going to want to see it. Yeah, you're doing well this year. You did well last year. You're playing over what some people perform 
or what you would have guessed they would perform. But here's what bothers me, and I can't find the next quote. But the next quote he said, if you have basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, if you have guys on the ballot like Brett Gardner and uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., that's who it was. If you have those two guys on there who are hitting around 200, I think it's a bit of a joke. There's my red flag. One, don't call out other players. Okay? If you guys are a fraternity, you don't throw their dudes under the bus. So that's one. That's where I have a problem. Two, he is correct. And in the article, it said that basically all-star appearances or all-star voting, or if you you are an all-star, that's used in arbitration hearings. So when the club is arguing against your performance and saying that you deserve this dollar amount, they're saying, well, you're not making it to the All-Star game. Well, if I can't make it to the All-Star game because of how small market my team is, that's a whole separate story. So I think that's what he's saying. And I can't disagree with that. That definitely makes sense. Well, with, so the, new, ML- with the new format that they've got this year, uh, I don't know if you if you came across this. Uh, when you're looking into it, but bonuses are going to be awarded to players who advance beyond the primary round. And in case you forgot, the new voting process for uh, or to be implemented this year is there's going to be two rounds. First off, there'll be the primary round, and then after that, it's going to be the starters election. Uh, yeah. And so the primary round is going to be where fans vote for who they want to see. And then from there, the top three vote getters at each position, which ends up being top nine for the outfielders, uh, will advance to the election round. And then the votes that are accumulated on election day, uh, which will basically start from zero, they kind of reset. Those votes will determine the starters for the game. So yeah, if you make it past that primary round, you're getting a bonus. So again, kind of just adding to the the narrative regarding arbitration. Yeah, it helps the it helps the player out a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean that's good. That's cool. I see what he's saying about that, but I I wouldn't be upset about. Let's be real. Like Rhett Gardner and JBJ aren't all stars. They're not going to be all stars. I think the issue is where you look at, you know, guys like Mike Trout. Who, who, I mean, he hasn't had the best first half of his season. He's definitely not the best outfielder stat-wise. He, I think he should be upset about the fact that Mike Trout is going to be starting in center field during the game. That's the way it is, though, because you can't have both. You're going to have, you know, fans want to see this, and that's what we're going to have. But you can't be salty about, you know, other guys being on the ballot. It's just, that's just the way it is. I don't think Brett Gardner and JBJ are stealing votes from Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham's having a pretty decent year. I think I looked it up. He's hitting like 290-something, maybe 10 or 11 bombs. So, like, not bad, right? I think it's 10 or 11. Might be higher. It was like 9 or 10, I thought. Really? Yeah, but was somewhere higher. right in there. Um. So, you know, like... I get what he's saying. It's just, dude, like, it's just the way you're saying stuff is what's getting you in trouble. You can't throw other dudes in this fraternity under the bus. Like, that's not the way stuff gets done. There has to be, if you're going to play the the whole, you know, 
MLBPA versus MLB card, you have to make sure that everyone's on your side. And if you start to single yourself out by calling other players out, it's going to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. But I think something worth considering is that at this point in the conversation with the All-Star Game voting, just like even though they kind of uh, revamped the voting process, it still comes down to the fact that it's a popularity contest. And I think if yeah. you were, if he were to say just that, that like, Oh, this is unfair. It's just, it's a popularity contest. That, that argument is becoming stale and very outdated because it's just, it's been the only argument that people have had since right. the whole popularity contest style voting was a thing. And so I think we're at this point now where you kind of have to like alter the argument a little bit and kind of reevaluate how, how we as players are going to approach this. Like if, if you're upset with it, like if you don't care, like whatever, but the people like Tommy Pham who are upset with it, you kind of have to come at it from a different angle because there's, there's no point in bringing up the whole popularity contest because Fans have heard that argument and they don't seem to really care. They're not changing their minds. Yeah, they're going to, they're going to, the, the diehards are going to vote for their team, regardless if they're hitting a buck 50 and it's just that they're not having any of it. They don't care. So like, I, I do think it's, like I said, I think it's time to kind of alter the angle a little bit that, you, that these players, uh, are coming at this, this issue with. Um, but kind of going piggybacking off of what you said, I don't think it's the right idea to be coming at other players like that because like you, like you said, like I said last episode, we're just one big fraternity here and it doesn't like you're not helping your image, you're not helping your cause by doing that. Right. And let's be I think everyone knows Austin Meadows is a for sure all star guy this year. So I think that's pretty big credit. I think that's, uh, I think that's good. You can't, you can't argue for yourself when you're one of those borderline guys. I'm sorry, but 293 with 10 home runs or whatever it is, is a borderline guy right now. You're not standout. And well, I didn't see the full context of his quotes. Was he like, like subtly arguing for himself or was he more so just sticking up for, for his club? Let me let me pull it up. See if I can get the exact quote. Cause, cause I w- the, whatever I read earlier is different from this one. I was gonna say I wouldn't be surprised if he was trying to argue for himself. Cause based on previous encounters we've had with this guy in the media, I feel like couldn't really put it past him to do that kind of thing. But I'd like to give the guy the benefit of the doubt one time and say maybe he's just sticking up for his club i don't know yeah so to to give the official stat line is he's slashing 288 399 463 nine home runs 26 rbis um then his official quote says when you look at the nl2 you see all the big market teams dominating the voting it's never going to be fair It has to change because when you go into arbitration, that's a big thing that's talked about with accomplishments. Baseball has to be better to fix it. We're not getting any help either from ESPN. 
We haven't had an ESPN game all year. That's a way for fans to see us by putting us on one of those big-time games. But we continually never get put on. So all, uh, all they see is the same players, the Cubs, Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox. The same teams are always on there. When you look at it, all right, we're in a small market. We're never on ESPN. We don't have a ton of national TV games. We're at a disadvantage. Because nobody wants to watch baseball in that dump. It's that's, a, a crapshoot down there, man. That's on ownership. That's on the front office. Like, figure it out. No, that, that mindset and that fact will remain as long as you are in that stadium. It's a dump. And, and wasn't he pissy when he got traded there? Yeah, he was talking about the fans, like the lack of fans, and basically like just dumping on them too. Yeah, that's why he pissed me off in, in the first place. Because yeah. the guy's just... It's just like, bro, I understand what you're saying. We're all thinking it. You're probably not wrong. It's just the way you're saying stuff. You gotta like, be a little more diplomatic about stuff like that. Yeah, you can't say it like this. You know, I mean, it's this is all going to come back to you in the first place. And the irony is, is that this stuff is probably going to be used against you in arbitration. Like, I don't know if he's still in arbitration, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's still going to be talked about. So, I don't know. I can't find what article I had, but the article I did have, he called out JBJ and Brett Gardner. And it was like, dude, like, why you got to say this stuff? Yeah, I don't know. No, he's a, he's a goon. So then what's our what's our takeaway from this? Like, what needs to change? Because there's really nothing that I can think about or there's really nothing I can think of that would make the process better. Like, I think this change that they implemented helps a little bit. Like, it does, in my opinion, it doesn't hurt the process. Ooh, bang, I found it. It adds a little, it adds a little competition to it. Like not, maybe not competition. Maybe that's not the right word, but adds a little bit of like intrigue to the process. Cause it's, there's like a, a secondary round, if you will. But like, because this game just doesn't matter anymore. It's like, what difference, a, what difference does it make? Exactly. Here's the credit or here's the, uh, the quote. We won't get credit, man. It's always unfair. Big market versus small market. It's never going to be fair with a VCO and me talking about a VCO Garcia and me. When I saw the ballot of the guys ahead of us, Jackie Bradley Jr. And Brett Gardner, they're hitting around 200 or lower. That tells you it right there, bro. Stop. What are you doing? What are you doing? You can't do it that way. And I mean, I'm sorry. He bugs me a lot. But what you're saying is what needs. I mean, it's just the way it is. It's, it doesn't mean anything anymore. It used to mean home field advantage for the World Series. Now it's nothing. It's literally just for the fans. And I'm grateful that. It's unlike the NFL to where it's in the middle of the season. Um, you're still going to have guys participate. And I'm grateful that we still stick to the ALNL thing instead of what the NBA does. is just a big fantasy draft, basically, with captains. So I like that we're keeping it that way. I like that there's still this American League, National League rivalry. I love that because you see that with fans. Many of our followers, many of our listeners, 
you guys are NL guys. We're AL guys. We're always going to be on one side or the other. The all-star game just means that, basically. It just means that. And you get to see some of the best guys get to be around each other, you know? Mike Trout, again, I go back to that example. He's not lighting it up this year. Stat-wise, probably shouldn't be the starting center fielder, but he's going to be because he's the best player in the world. And he's, you know, majority of kids' favorite players, majority of people's favorite players. So, like, he's going to want to be seen. Guys that guys that have earned that status didn't do it by hitting 250 or 240. Tommy Pham, if you're not getting ahead of Brett Gardner and, and JBJ, you got to do more than hit 288 with nine home runs. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could definitely empathize with him a little more if he's hitting like 315. Right. And they're still pulling votes ahead of him. But right. it's like, dude, you're not exactly just lighting it up. But yeah. I mean, so, he's like, got a, he's, he's, his points are valid, but like you said, points I, are I think valid. it's just the the approach that he took with this whole thing. Just shut your mouth and say, I don't care about the All-Star game. I'm here to win baseball games. And that is going to change what people think about you. I want to win baseball games that mean something. I'm not concerned with the All-Star game. Props to Austin Meadows for getting one of the top votes. That's all you got to say, and then go away. Well, I think we've uh, hammered that pretty hard. Let's move on to... Uh, poor Rampa. Poor Rampa. Uh, home Run Derby participant wish list, Nate. Yeah. Who, who do you want to see? In the Are home we going... Uh, we're going to alternate here? We're just going full list. I say just go full list. Just, go full list. Just reel them off. I'm curious to see how much we match up. Well, right, I ready? don't. I don't think we'd be good baseball fans if we didn't have a few that overlapped. Because if we can't identify some of the most prominent home run hitters in the game, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. But to be fair, I did say like. I wanted to make this a thing where this is just guys that we would want to see in the home run derby, not necessarily guys that should or could right. be in the home run derby. This is more so just like guys you want to see just go up and mash baseballs. Yeah, my that's very much uh, my list is made up of two attributes. One is just majestic home runs that I know we would see. And two is a little bit of, like, cockiness, a little bit of swag. Okay? See what you got. Luke Voigt, Pete Alonzo, Eloy Jimenez, dude for the White Sox is hitting balls to the moon. Joey Gallo, we all know that guy's got pop. Our man Josh Bell, who hits it in the river all the time. Vladdy Jr., Hello. Hitting missiles. Here's my swaggy pick. A little less pop, but still got some. Derek Dietrich. And lastly, most likely the NL MVP, Cody Bellinger. 
No, you're t- we're talking majestic. His swing is the furthest thing from majestic to herky jerky. <laughs> but overall, solid list. Uh, run it through back one more time, super quick, just so I can remind myself what you got. Luke Voigt, Pete Alonzo, Eloy Jimenez, Joey Gallo, Josh Bell, Vladdy Jr., Derek Dietrich, Cody Bellinger. Solid. I'm going to go with Austin Riley. Okay. Stud for the Braves. That dude hits tanks. I'm going to go with his teammate Ronald Acuna because he also hits tanks. When he gets into a ball, you know it's gone. And there's nothing I love more than watching him hit tanks at Braves day games. And he hits it to like the upper deck, which is completely empty because nobody was able to leave work. And you just see the ball (laughs) rattling around in the seats. I love it. Nothing better. Uh, Pete Alonzo, as you mentioned. What? Really pains me to say Luke Voigt, but he would actually be. He would put on a show. He would put on a show. That would be awesome to watch. Um, Christian Yelich, and he's kind of my like equivalent to your Cody Bellinger pick because I'm like not all that. Just because people want to see him. Yeah, I'm not all that thrilled with like his swing. And as we know, his trotter on the bases, not that that necessarily applies here, but it's worth it's worth (laughs) noting. Uh, but he, do, again, as, as with most of these other guys, when he gets into a ball, you know, it's gone. Uh, Vladdy jr. Also, uh, speaking of getting into a ball, Michael Chavis, a guy that I think you've become a fan of over the past, I can't disagree with that past bit. month or two, that dude, when he dude, when he rips one over the monster, forget about it, dude, there was a ball. <laughs> You, I don't know if you if you uh, remember seeing this or hearing about it. He hit a ball like a couple weeks back. It was down the left field line, and it was so high above the foul pole that the umpires had to meet to, <laughs> to figure out whether the ball was fair or foul because there was literally no way to tell. And so they were just like, you know what? That ball was like three miles long. We're going to give you the home run. <laughs> uh, and lastly here, Josh Bell. So... I got was not that it really matters with the split, but I think I've got like five NL guys: Luke Voigt, Vladdy Jr., Michael Chavis is three AL. Yeah, so five and three. Uh, but yeah, as I mentioned to you off air, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna do a little graphic, have a little fun with it, have uh, put it up to a vote, see what I, people think. I honestly don't hit your list. I really don't. I like, feel I feel pretty confident about it, man. I mean, I got some I got some mashers on here. I feel like you could win. I think I, I, I was going with some underrated picks, man. Nobody's choosing Eloy Jimenez. No, that's, that a, guy that's a great pick. Can go deep. And Joey Gallo, everybody knows. I don't more know more taters than singles. I'm with that. Yeah, that's. Embrace who you are. That's a wild stat to carry. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so like what's our what's going to be our criteria for voting on this? Is it just going to be like who do you think would hit the most home runs or who would you rather watch? Cuz that's kind of how we who, cre- would you, who would you rather watch? Okay. Yeah, let's stick to the same criteria. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I think uh I might actually win for once. I don't know. Going up we'll against see. you in a poll of any context or any sort. 
I am proud that we both chose Pete Alonzo. I, don't, I wasn't sure if you were going to choose that guy. No, nah, you have but, to go. You have to go with him. Which, by the way, my... by the way, I put up a graphic today of uh, Austin Riley because he last night became the f- youngest Braves player in history to reach double-digit double digit home runs. Mm-hmm. And I, I posed the question: Is here NL Rookie of the Year? Are you going with Pete Alonso as your NL Rookie I'm, of the Year? I'm sticking with that. That was I don't know if you remember that was my preseason pick. I do. So I got to stick that. with him. And the Chris Paddock kid made me a little nervous, but he just got sent down because of uh, watching his innings. So this Austin Riley kid is making me a little nervous, but Pete Alonso, man, that's that's my pick from day one. I'm sticking with him. I don't know, man. The Braves are surging, and he's uh, he's been at the forefront of it. He might make a might make a run for the award. We'll see. We will see. Big fan of that kid. Uh. Moving right along here, lastly, closing us out for our current event topics, I posed the question on the Instagram story today. Uh, wanted to get a listener submission for our one of our topics today. And so people were, people were submitting topics. Uh, and I just went with one that I thought was relatively relevant relatively relevant that's a mouthful uh but i figured we could look at the wild card race i know it's june but it's actually uh pretty interesting some of these we can actually save because here's some y'all got some good topics on here but uh i feel like the wild card race is uh kind of i won't say uh i did say relatively relevant it's only relevant because we were we were talking Rampate Bays, mm-hmm. and I figured we could just transition right into that a little bit because right now they are leading the wild card race in the AL, right above Texas. They're five games up above Texas, who is a game above the boys from Boston. Is there any uh, any surprises you're seeing right now in the in the wild card races? I'm a little surprised to see that Cleveland is that close with a game and a half out of second place. Um, Why, with just how poorly that, they've played this year? Yeah, just I, I wouldn't have expected them. Their game, game above 500, 34 and 33. I wouldn't have guessed them to be that close in the race. I feel like besides the Rays... This is all just teams that stumbled out of the gate and are starting to get a little momentum. Versus the NL, I think we knew that this is going to be snug. I mean, we go all the way down. I'm looking at ESPN right now. We go all the way down to basically San Diego at five and a half games out. And they're, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven teams in that conversation that are five and a half or less. That's a lot, dude. That's a lot. And I think I think NL is going as expected. AL, we're seeing surprising teams that we wouldn't have guessed stumble. 
Tell me why the Mariners are nine games back. More importantly, tell me how the White Sox and the Angels are only two and a half back. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's teams that you're like, teams that shouldn't be in this conversation. The Rangers, I don't think, will end up in the conversation. The White Sox will definitely not be in the conversation. Angels won't be in the conversation. Sorry. I think Cleveland, Oakland, Boston, Tampa, Rampa will be all around that area. But, like, if you go to – I'm looking at the last 10 games played. Literally every one of those teams is, like, 6-4, and 5-5, 6-4, 5-5, 4-6. It's, like, just not playing very super impressive ball. Just kind of doing what they got to do to get through the first half. Yeah, the Red Sox right now are just like, – like, I'm just looking at the AL here. They're – I don't even know how to describe them right now. They're like, meh. They're like a. They're not a dead fish, but I feel like they're like a dying fish, and they just like keep. <laughs> they're just. They just keep flopping. And it's like every now and then they'll stop, and you think they're dead. And then you go get get a little closer, see if they're actually dead, and then they flop. They flip over again. They're <laughs> and literally the way that I I know that that's a fact is they're five and five in their last ten. They are literally flip flopping. Yeah. 50-50 in their last 10. And it's just, like, so frustrating to watch because it's, like, you know, because this is, like, the same exact team, essentially the same exact team as last year, minus a little bit of the bullpen and Nathan Ivaldi. it's, like, you know this team is capable of going on runs, but every time they pick up, like, a game or two, then they turn around and lose two of three the next series. And it's just, like beyond yeah. frustrating to watch. Well, I'll tell you a team that's putting on a little run is the Diamondbacks, man. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're only two back, and they're plus 65 on run differential, which is the top in the wild card race. Chicago's the next closest at plus 63. So, Dude, it's like the second highest in the National League behind the Dodgers. It's pretty impressive. That's wild. It's a little surprising. But uh, I don't know, man. I think I think Philly is clearly pitching well with only plus 20 run differential. But again, the, I, everyone's just the, – the East and the Central, they're just going to beat each other up the whole time. Yep. And you're watching that with the Marlins, you know. They went on that streak last week. Just randomly started beating teams up. Even then, I mean, they're 4-6 and six in the last 10. It's not bad. But they're going to still sneak up on some teams and get a couple dubs. So, like, the East is just going to come out very bruised when it comes to playoff time. So, I mean, speaking of run differential, we were looking at, you mentioned that the, uh, the Diamondbacks were second- in the in the NL behind the Dodgers, the Dodgers at 109, but hopping over the AL, the Twins are at a plus 115. That's scary. And, and the reason Cleveland is 11 games back is because they're minus 10. 
Yeah, you're not gonna win a lot of ball games if you're in the red. Not so much. But they're a game above 500, which, again, don't know. Like you said, don't know how they're sticking around. Well, I I, I use those those terms very loosely. Like, did you say stick? Oh, Nate, you didn't. What are you, what are sticks made of? You didn't. You dog. What are what are those old sticks made of? Long, hard, hard, all natural shaft of wood with a clean knob. Sounds like zinger bats. You can grab to use at your leisure. That's zinger bats. Thanks to Zinger Bats, you now have a variety of options to choose from. Creating custom bats for the pros since 1998. That's 1998. We were five. Zinger Bats is setting the new standard in professional baseball bat production. From their X71 Pro Maple to their bat gun case, you'll have all you need to light it up on the field this season. Best of all, Zinger Bats is now the presenting sponsor of the 3 Take. That's us, and they want to show you, our listeners, some love. Next time you visit ZingerBats.com and stock up on some lumber, use promo code DTD to save 10% off your order. Again, use promo code DTD to save 10% off your ZingerBats order for that big league fill off the barrel. Look no further than Zinger. For that big league fail off the barrel. Look no further <laughs> than Zinger. Uh, all right, Nate. <laughs> you know what time it is. Talk to me. It's time for the or game. The or game. You hyped this one up. So I did a little bit, man. Better, I had to make this a little weird. You better not. We got a little weird here. You better not let me down here. This is very descriptive. Each one of these is very descriptive. So what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to picture yourself in this scenario. Are you ready? All right. Eyes closed. Let's roll. You have super sweaty palms. No batting gloves. No pine tar. Bat grip, rosin, nothing. And all that's in the stands are little kids on a field trip from school. So you know that bat could go somewhere with those sweaty palms. Who would you rather face? Tim Wakefield or Chris Sale? <laughs> uh common sense and looking out for my health, safety and overall well-being uh would probably lead me to choose Tim Wakefield. But you know Daddy Hacks could send that bat flying into the stands. Are we, I don't understand the question. Are we like trying to kill these kids? No, you got to <laughs> it's it's scary, man. You don't want to kill these kids. Exactly, man. I'm not facing freaking 98 Chris Sale, who's like, 
been dicing it up for the most part as of late. So you're saying a, a knuckleball just floating around, you're not going to take one big gangster hack? No, but I mean, at least my swings there could be a little more controlled. If I'm going up against 97 from the left side, I don't know where that bat's going. <laughs> All right, that's fair. All right, pal, you ready? Close your eyes. It's a cold day in March. You're hitting with the bases loaded, two outs in the ninth, tie game. Would you rather take 95 off the butt cheek or get sawed off for a broken bat? Oh, God, hitting the butt. Don't even talk to me about getting sawed off. (laughs) Oh, no. Really? You're taking one off the cheek and getting sawed off in a cold day in March. Dude. There is nothing better than a long heart. No, I'm kidding. No, there's nothing worse than getting sawed off. Granted, I don't have much experience getting sawed off in the wood bat department. Uh, But I know my experience getting sawed off with aluminum was not... Or whatever whatever the freaking material is. I That's what I've called them, aluminum bats. I don't even know what they're technically made of made out of you're nowadays. aging us bro you're aging us quickly what are they made out of now not aluminum well god what is it I, I really am aging us i'm sorry i don't know metal composite fiberglass whatever you get what i'm saying yeah. anyway okay. either way either way not ideal but cheek it is but cheek it is all right pal it's a sunny day in July. Man, really going with the weather, the weather the angle. Sky. <laughs> Why are you messing up my poem? Sorry. All right, sorry. It's a sunny day in July without a cloud in the sky. But you forgot your sunglasses and eye black. Impossible, but go on. Would you rather have to try and catch a major league pop-up Hit directly in the sun by Billy Hamilton, which means if you drop it, you could be on third. Inside the park home run, but go on. Or face Adam Adovino with crazy shadows all between the mound and the plate. Uh, I'm going to say face Adam Adovino. Because I'm certain that he'll be able to spot up when needed. But there's few things in the game of baseball that give me more anxiety than trying to catch <laughs> big league fly balls. Yeah. It got yeah, it got to the point. Filters. Yeah, it got to the point in college where it got so in my head. Like I was so in my head when there was a fly ball that <laughs> I just assumed that I was gonna drop every ball because it, it was such a mental thing. I don't know. It was weird, but I feel that I would I would much rather uh, attempt to hit amongst the shadows. All right, buddy. This one's pretty easy. You're making your major league debut tomorrow, and you're embarrassingly nervous. Would you rather be stuck on a road trip and have to get all your sleep on the plane, or be comfy in your own bed at home? 
but not get a wink of sleep. Mm. I'd rather do the at my own in my own bed. No sleep. Yeah, because at that point it's like, okay, that was on me. Like that was just because I was nervous <laughs> and I'll just ride the adrenaline into the into the game. But like there's something about attempting to like be comfortable and get quality sleep on public transportation or I guess you well no, you said a plane, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I can't do it. Mm. I I can't I don't I can't even say that I would be better rested because it would just be like uncomfortable and not quality sleep. All right. Okay. I'm getting to know you a little I'm, bit. I'm weird, man. I I probably give all the opposite answers to these questions that ever everybody else would give. They probably give We're just getting ra- to know you, pal. They'd give the rational normal answers. I'm always picking the wrong ones, I guess. We're just getting to know you. All right. Last one. In honor of basketball and hockey finally being over, would you rather try to score on Aaron Judge one-on-one on the court while being barefoot or... Oddly specific. <laughs> score a goal on Yadier Molina as a goalie on ice while wearing dress shoes? Oddly specific. Wow. <laughs> No, I'll take Aaron Judge all day. I'm not scoring on the goat between the pipes. I'm sorry. It's not happening. With dress shoes on. Nice. Who's got the dress shoes on? No way. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. He's still going to. You're wearing dress shoes. He's still going to stop me. It doesn't matter. You're taking Judge. I'm taking Judge all day. Barefoot. You're going to be barefoot. I would. I would beat Aaron Judge barefoot one on one in basketball. <laughs> if we were playing to like eleven, I would say it'd be like probably eleven to four. <laughs> what? That you would beat him? Yes. <laughs> You're getting no boards. <laughs> and he is I don't miss, Nate. I don't need boards. He is posting you up. And he's going to step on your toes as he's backing you down before he dunks in your face. Here's a little here's a little fun story that I'll be able to share for the rest of my life. When I started working at Duke, I went over to Cameron when there was, like, nothing going on. It was, like, I guess it was, like, the one-on-one main, it was with like, Zion? No, no. I, I've <laughs> been here for more than one year, Nate. This is when I started working. So I went over there. There was like nothing going on. I was with a couple of my coworkers. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a shot. There's nobody here. I'm going to take a shot. Put one up from behind the three-point line. Drained it. Absolute buckets. And then for the longest time, I never took another shot in Cameron. Because I wanted my shooting percentage in Cameron, where the legends play, to be a 1,000. But then I eventually went in and played well, one-on-one, and I just sucked. So, play. Just a heads up, percentage-wise in basketball, they only go to 100. But I see what you're saying. No, no like defense my shot was that good that it was 1,000. <laughs> no defense, and you had shoes on, so I have no respect. No, I wasn't saying. I wasn't <laughs> trying to like add to my credibility. I was just sharing a little story. You said you wanted to get to know me better. Just a little, <laughs> little, fun, little fun little side note. That's cool, man. Good work. Proud of you. 
<laughs> so that'll do it. <laughs> oh, I did have one note. Uh, yeah. You gave me an idea the other day. I don't remember when we were talking about it. I'm full of ideas. I want to have a little fun with some bracelet and decal giveaways. We are going to do a giveaway anytime Mannequin Machado makes an air. Beautiful. And we're going to give away a bracelet and a decal. More more details on that to come, but I wanted to let everybody know. Unfortunately, through June, he only has, I think, four airs. So keep your fingers crossed. Keep your fingers crossed. I don't like four airs through June. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't know. I don't feel too good about it. But it, also, I don't know how I'm going to keep track of that. I'm not I'm not following up on Mannequin's game log every single day. I think day. that's the only way. Well, I think we're uh, we're going to have some people help out with that though, right? Oh, I bet. No doubt. We'll get we'll, we'll get some some diehards reaching out to us letting me know. Yeah. In case I'm busy. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to close out with that note on the Mannequin Air giveaway. But uh, anything else from you? Mm. 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 No. Well, that'll do it for us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that rating and review. Nate, how many stars? The number of errors Mannequin Machado will have by tomorrow. I love that. It. I'm predicting an error tomorrow. Hopefully, they oh, play. you're <laughs> saying you're saying like cumulative errors. I thought you were talking like he would have five errors in a game. Oh God, no! I'm saying he will have five total I errors. Gotcha, I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Bye, Mignana. Five, five stars. Beautiful. And leave us a little note. Say what's up. Be like, hey, I love your podcast. What's our word? Y'all are the best. Is it my turn? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's go mannequin. You know what? He's it's mannequins, on, mannequins on the brain. No, we didn't. I swear we already did that. Did we already do that? Yeah, because then we talked about how you know it's a tough one for people to spell. You're right. Let's do... I meant to say this earlier when we were talking about him. Let's do Captain War. Can we do Captain War? Yeah. Seems like a I'm sure that's the next Marvel movie. Captain War. We need to we need to start pushing that like we do mannequin. That's that's his new nickname. Captain War. Plug that into your review somehow. Figure out a creative way to plug that in. Uh but as always, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys early next week. Don't go chasing curveballs. We love y'all, and as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy. What the f- time you to take? You take! Don't tell me you don't see it! You f- look! You understand?